Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Nice to be with you tonight for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah and I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage. And tonight, after taking a break for last week's discussion of Psalm 34, we will get right back into our series on the life of Joseph, picking up in Genesis chapter 41. If you want to join our conversation tonight, or if you'd like someone to pray with you, we have wonderful call screeners standing by, and they would love to take your phone call at 929-333-3739. I want to give a shout out to a listener named Mary Lou, who called us last Wednesday evening during our program replay. Mary Lou, thanks for listening, and we are praying for you, dear sister. Pastor Matt, we started our Discipleship Institute this past Monday, and I'm really excited about the classes on theology and church history this semester. Yes, we had a good beginning to our institute yeah. with over what, about 25 people, I yeah. think, from mm-hmm. our church and others who, uh, who attended either online or in person. Mm-hmm. And it's not too late for our listeners to join if they would like. At 7 o'clock tomorrow, we have a class on theology, the theology of the salvation we have in Christ. And then we're going to go into the Bible yeah. and we're doing church history the first 590 years of the history of the church where they went through a lot of persecution and a lot of the the doctrinal controversies of the early church yeah. and, and mm-hmm. things. We're, we're going to get into that. And so I think it'll be a very interesting and bibl- a biblical discussion. Yeah. And so if any listeners want to join with us, Micah, they can. They can go online to, to our website at hbcnyc.org and they can watch us on Zoom there at 7 o'clock. The, the link is right there. Or they can come in person to yeah. our office at 633 3rd Avenue. Mm-hmm. And if you have any questions, dear friends, give us a call right now about that and we can give you more information at 929-333-3739. Yeah, Pastor, I was looking at our attendance from last week, and I noticed that we have students in their teens, their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, and their 60s, and I think our youngest student was actually 12 years old. So these classes, they're for everybody, right? That's right. Everybody is, is invited. It's a discipleship institute, and it's a little bit interactive, but it's a time of learning and yeah. of spiritual growth. And we have some new students as well who are yeah. joining with us. So, again, it's not too late for you to join if you want. And if you want to just audit the class, they can audit as well. We have a bunch yep. of people who are just mm-hmm. auditing. They just want to Which listen. means they don't have to take the quizzes. They don't have to do a presentation. <laughs> But they can just sort of listen in. and that, They don't that's like okay that too. accountability time. <laughs> accountability. You know what yeah. accountability time is, right? It's a quiz. <laughs> so, Okay, but that's all right. We're glad to have anybody on. And uh, it's so, so it's great. Well, tonight we're so glad to have back with us in studio uh, Brother Charlie. So thank you for being a faithful man of God in our church, serving the Lord. And thanks for joining back with us in the studio tonight, Charlie. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Yeah, thanks and your wife is on the other side of the glass to help with our call screening. So we welcome Kerry uh, as well. And so, again, we have godly call screeners. If if there's any burden on your heart tonight, anything going on in your life that you just want someone to pray with you about, 
we would love to hear from you again at 929-333-3739. So as you mentioned, Micah, we're going to go back into the Joseph story, yeah. and we're going to look at God's mysterious ways tonight in Genesis chapter 41. As Joseph was waiting for his dreams to happen, mm-hmm. God gave Pharaoh dreams yeah. for Joseph's dreams to be fulfilled. Yeah. And so we're going to see God's mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. So let's go into the scripture, and we're going to read from Genesis 41, beginning at verse 1, going down to verse 24, and then we'll get into the program. Sure, and I'll start. Genesis 41, and it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine and fat-fleshed, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kine came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kine upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and lean-fleshed kine did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kine. So Pharaoh awoke. And he slept and dreamed a second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, and there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants, and put me in ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night, I and he. We dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams, to each man according to his dream he did interpret. And it came to pass, as he interpreted to us, so it was, me he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself, and changed his raiment, and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dreams, behold, I stood upon, uh, stood upon the bank of the river, and behold, there came up out of the river seven kine, fat-fleshed and well-favored, and, there, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kine came up, after them poor and very ill-favored and lean-fleshed, such as I had never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. And the lean and the ill-favored kine did eat up the first seven fat kine. And when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ill-favored as at the beginning. So I awoke. And I saw in my dream, and behold, seven ears came up in one stalk, full and good. And behold, seven ears withered, thin and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. And the thin ears devoured the seven good ears. 
And I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it to me. Okay, and we'll just stop right there in the reading, and we're not going to do the whole of Genesis 41 tonight. We'll also be in Genesis 41 next week. So let's pray as we begin. Lord, we thank you for your mysterious ways, that even when we do not see you at work, you are working. Sometimes you're working in the lives of people around us we see, and even in Joseph's situation, Lord, you were working in the lives of people of whom he had no idea that you could possibly do the work you were doing, in this case, Pharaoh. So, Lord, thank you, God, that you're a God at work in our lives, your wonders to perform. Thank you for your mysterious ways. And, Lord, we, when we think of your mysterious ways, we do even think of the gospel of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the mystery of all mystery, great yes. as the mystery of godliness, mm-hmm. how God was manifest in the flesh. So we thank you, Lord, for your coming, and we do pray for listeners to be encouraged tonight that you're at work in their lives as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so we know the end of the story. But Joseph surely didn't. (laughs) And he didn't even know what was going on. Think about that. In the the first part of this chapter, he was in prison. He had no idea what was going on. But God was at work. So here we see God's mysterious ways. As I've mentioned, this song by William Cooper, he wrote this song, God's Mysterious Ways, His Wonders to Perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never-failing skill, he treasures up his bright designs and, and works his sovereign will. God of mercy, God of grace, give us eyes to see, eyes to see your smiling face within the majesty. Hmm. So tonight, let's look at God's mysterious ways, mm-hmm. and we're going to focus on two main points and simple points in his mysterious ways that he works with mysterious delay and he works in mysterious quietness Mm. and we see both of those things delay and quietness joseph they're in prison delay it says in verse one of this chapter that we read it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed. So, so Charlie, as we think about God's delays, how he mysteriously weaves delay into the fabric of Joseph's lives, and even our lives, doesn't he? He just yes. weaves delay into stuff. <laughs> Sometimes we <laughs> hate to wait, but, but waiting is a part of life. And so we have to think about that. So let... Let's look at this, and let's talk about Joseph, how long he had to wait on God during this time. And do you, do you think it was difficult for Joseph to wait during this time in prison? Honestly, yes. Uh, my reason for saying that is when he was approached by the butler and the baker to interpret their dreams mm-hmm. after he had interpreted, and he acknowledged yeah. the, same, the same response that he had to Pharaoh, in that he said that I can't interpret. It's rather God that does the interpreting, yeah. but I'll go to God on your behalf, mm-hmm. uh, interceding yeah. for them. And then God gave the interpretation to him, and he gave to them, uh, similar as with Daniel. Um, he told both the baker and butler, he said, remember me, mm-hmm. remember yeah. me. So he, you know he had a desire and a longing yeah. to not That's be right. where he was at his present state. So yeah. I, uh, I believe God gave him 
grace, we know that it's stated repeatedly that God was with him mm-hmm. in every step in, uh, of his experience, mm-hmm. uh, being in the pit, yeah. uh, being initially put in Pharaoh's house before he went to prison, and then while in prison, God gave him favor, and, mm-hmm. and God was with him. Uh, so he had God's grace, but yeah, I believe it was difficult for him. I think that's an excellent point, Charlie, because he pleaded with them, didn't he? He's yeah. like, think of me, remember, remember me, don't me. forget yeah. me here. And exactly what he pleaded them not to do, they did. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, as Charlie said, surely two years of waiting, in addition to whatever amount of time Joseph had already been in prison before that. We don't know exactly how long that was, but it was extremely difficult, especially after he had hoped for that immediate release after the butler went back into the king's service. But as I thought about Joseph's time in prison, I really believe, like Charlie does, that you know God was encouraging Joseph the whole time. And um, if we just go from the scriptures, we know that God wasn't speaking audibly to Joseph the way he did to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But God did reveal the interpretation of the butler and baker's dreams to Joseph. And Numbers 12:6 says, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and I will speak unto him in a dream. So there was certainly some level of spiritual communication between God and Joseph. Mm-hmm. And I believe that even you know, when we're in a period of delay, God communicates with us too, most often through his written word, the Bible. But he's also spoken to me through songs, through fellow Christians, and even through his creation. So I hope that even tonight, God is speaking to people through this radio program, Pastor. Absolutely. And I know listeners are waiting on God to do certain things. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's to get married. Maybe it's to get that college degree. Maybe it's to get that job. Maybe it's just some trial that you're going through that seems to be unending. Maybe to reconcile a marriage situation. Whatever it might be, waiting is a part of life. But here's the thing. In God's silence during those times of delay, it doesn't mean his absence. God was there with Joseph. Mm -hmm. He didn't even have a word of scripture written down to look to as well. But God had a way of speaking to him as he had in the dreams. So listen to write this down. God's delays do not mean he's denying the desires of your heart. Mm. Delays do not mean denial. And his silence does not mean his absence. So during that time of the delay, I believe that Joseph focused on his work. He was focused on his responsibility. He was focused on the Lord. He kept at it. And and each day he just surrendered himself to the Lord because when he came out of prison, there was no bitterness. He's like, he he wasn't angry at the the, uh, butler for forgetting him Mm -hmm. there. Wait on the Lord. And let me just give one verse on this. James chapter 1. It says in verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So this is why God weaves delay into our life, mm-hmm. because he's seeking to work patience into our life, which yeah. is Christ-likeness. Mm-hmm. So, amen. So let's just talk to make an application to our own lives on when we've had to wait, when there has been delay in our lives. And dear listener, if you're going through a time of delay and you want us to pray with you 
in your delay, give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. But, Micah, has it been hard for you to wait through delay and God's timing in your life? And what, what was that time like for you? And is there, how did God encourage you through that? Yeah, well, I, I remember at my last corporate job, I oversaw a handful of employees in California. And every so often, I would have to travel there for work. And all was well for the most part. But at one point, I discovered that one of my employees had a grievance about his job. Basically, he wanted more responsibility. And instead of talking to me about it, he had gone around me and up the chain of command all the way to the top. And, you know, it created some problems for me, which at the time were pretty upsetting. And I didn't know exactly how to handle it. And I remember praying to God for wisdom, sitting on my bed in my hotel room, and God specifically led me to Psalm 2714, which Mm. says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, I just thought that was amazing that in this verse it says, Wait on the Lord, not once, but twice. So in case I missed it the first time, God's word was repeating the command for me to wait on him. Well, I took that word to heart, and it gave me a lot of peace and a lot of encouragement. And I didn't have to wait two years like Joseph did. It was only a few weeks later that this employee told me he had gotten a job in Australia. (laughs) And he was going to be not only leaving the job, but leaving the country. So Mm -hmm. I praise God for that outcome, and I praise God for giving me Psalm 2714 in that moment when I really did need it. Yeah, amen. That's a good story. I'm glad he sent this guy all the way to Australia, too. (laughs) Uh, That was a blessing, right? (laughs) Down under. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it. Psalm 40, verse 1 says, I waited patiently. For the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. So that's another thing. During this time of waiting, mm-hmm. we pray, and we might not think God is hearing us because the situation is not changing as soon as we want it to change. Yeah. But God is hearing us. So, mm-hmm. dear friend, don't give up. Charlie, do you have such an example that you could share with us? Yes. Uh, there's two in particular, but I'll share one. Um, so I'm 46. I was married in 2019 mm-hmm. at uh, the age of 45. No, I was getting ready to turn 45, so I was 44. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was saved at age 20, and at that time, um, I was extremely immature in the military and uh, being discipled by a number of individuals that I, I probably would imagine were extremely frustrated with how I conducted <laughs> myself, but I was desirous of, you know, being married, yeah. wanting a wife, mm-hmm. and uh, took from age 20 to age 44. Wow. Uh, until... Mm-hmm. The Lord allowed that to to be the case. Twenty four years. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now, granted, there was a lot of maturity and developing that needed to take place. A lot of work. Yeah. Uh, which we'll get into. Not to jump ahead, but the quiet work mm-hmm. of the Lord. Uh, but he, he allowed, and I surrendered that to him. Mm. And when I started putting my attention on the fact that he uh, is good, that he's supposed to be my all in all, I'm supposed to be consumed with him. Then he started working and moving towards towards that end. Yeah. Amen. 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 And I think that's a very common thing that people wait on as well. Getting married, having children, and wondering when is it going to work out. But God has his way and God's, God has his time. I think of waiting as far as, as our church. Mm. When we started Project Rehoboth, which comes from Isaac and his wells, that God would make room for Isaac, and God had a, a place for Isaac that he could be fruitful and dwell in the land. And so we started our Project Rehoboth Building Fund, and we waited, and we waited, and we waited, <laughs> and we wanted 
a a building or space that could be suitable for even our Sunday morning services. But we waited and we waited and we weren't able to even save money to keep pace with the the increase of, of costs of, oh, of, wow. of the real estate as mm-hmm. the prices of real estate per square foot was going up. And so finally, you know, we were kicked out of one place, kicked out of another. And then finally, I just brought it to the church and said, let's just get what we can. Mm. And so God led us to a beautiful space. And I'm so thankful for the space that we have. Mm-hmm. We waited yeah. for it. And we were able to go to closing, and God provided amazingly. We've even been able to to pay off that that space. It's, and it's not a large space, but it cost a significant amount of money for us, $1.2 million. Mm-hmm. Is that okay that I say? Well, you amount? just did. I just I did. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a lot of money, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, but God has allowed our church to pay it off, which is amazing. Yeah. But we're still, we still haven't really got the space that we had hoped to get. So we're still waiting. Right. So even even in Joseph's situation, he's waiting in prison. Yeah. Yeah. But still, the fulfillment of what God was going to completely do in Joseph's life wasn't fulfilled when he got out of prison. Yeah. He was still waiting for ultimate things to happen, mm-hmm. which is to be reconciled to his father yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and his brothers. And that's still going to be another process. So sometimes when we're waiting... A certain thing works out, yeah, mm-hmm. but not the ultimate thing works out yeah. also. And that. so that's kind of what we see in Joseph's life as he waits. And even our church, as we're waiting for the the full place, right. I don't know when God's going to do that. Maybe yeah. I'll be dead. But yeah. but I, you know what, Pastor? He gave us that office at exactly the right time because not long after we signed that lease, coronavirus happened. Yeah. And we were able to meet in that space sort of without restriction. Yes, we were following social distancing and following certain laws and rules, right. but we didn't have a ours. restriction. You know, it yeah. wasn't like we were renting the space and we had to, a tenuous situation. It was ours. We owned it. So God really yeah. did give it to us in the perfect timing. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. And praise God for that. And and we all, I mean, I'm, I love our, our space that God has given to us, our office at 633 3rd Avenue. That's, by the way, did we mention our institute <laughs> meets there institute uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night at, at 7, 7 o'clock? o'clock? You don't have to wait. If you want to come to an institute, dear friend, if you want to learn, if you want to come to a place where you could study the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, we have survey classes, theology classes, how to prepare Bible message classes, church history classes. If you, you don't have to wait. No, they they could come right away tomorrow um, night at seven o'clock. <laughs> Waiting is over to to learn the word of God. Come to six and six thirty three. What a great, what a great address. Yeah. Six three three. And I hadn't actually thought of it, but I mentioned it. Hey, we got a space. He's like, where is it? I said six thirty three Third Avenue. Six thirty three Matthew six thirty three. I say, of course, yeah, you know. <laughs> so come seek first the kingdom of God with us at six thirty three Third Avenue. Well, God is good. So let's let's do this. We're going to go to a song, and then we're going to kind of shift a little bit. We're going to still talk about waiting and delay, but we're going to talk about a great passage in James in just a moment. But before we do that, we want to uh, go to a beautiful song, How We Need to Wait on the Lord. And so, dear friend, if you've not been wanting to call because you didn't want to miss the program, we're going to go to a song. So right now... You can give us a call at 929-333-3739. Call us now.
Wait on the Lord, dear friend. I love Psalm 62, verse number 5, says, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. Well, we're talking about Joseph and how he had to wait two years in prison after he had begged the butler not to forget him there, but he was forgotten there. But God had not forgotten him, and God's delays were not denials. Mm. And I also think one of my favorite passages in Scripture of patience, of waiting, is in James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. And this passage encourages us to patiently wait on God to work things out. So we're going to read this passage, and then we're just going to talk through this passage a little bit because it's a critical illustration of waiting through delay. So, Charlie, could you read for us James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11? Sure. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruits of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Okay, so this passage gives us three clear illustrations mm -hmm. of different people or groups of people who had to wait. There was the farmer, there's the prophets, and there's Job. So let's each take one of these. Micah, why don't you take up on the farmer okay. and just give this, uh, tell us about the farmer and how he has to wait. Okay, yeah, so in verse 7, James talks about the patience of the husbandman, or as we would say, the farmer, who waits long for the precious fruit of the earth. And those original readers of James would have been even more familiar than we are with the concept that farming involves patience and planning and hard work 
all mm. leading up to that once per year harvest. And I called my sister this week who knows more about the patience of farming than I do because she and her husband are in the midst of planting an orchard in eastern Washington. Her husband has a bit of a green thumb. And she described to me that after she and her husband purchased the land, they tried to dig a well only to find out that they'd have to get water pumped in from the city. And then they bought a tractor to plow the field and had to build a shed for the tractor. They also had purchased wow. two, two-year-old fruit trees to prune and then plant. Is that, and, by the way, Mike, yeah. that, that's peach trees, right? Peaches, apples, oh, peach. and, plum, and plums. Uh, oh, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. good, good. Yeah, so they purchased, they purchased those trees, planted them, and then they had to build a big fence around the orchard to keep the deer out. And that's just yeah. the start of all they had to do. And she said they're still probably... Four years away from seeing those peaches, apples, pears, plums that the trees will produce. So that's five years of waiting altogether, and that's what I call patience. The Bible uses this as an illustration of how believers need to be patient as we wait on God. And it's a real contrast to our modern culture where instant gratification is expected and it's Mm, the norm. That's right. And so the farmer has to wait when there's not that instant gratification, and, and he can't affect the circumstances either. There's some circumstances that are totally uncontrollable, right? Whether the sun shines, Mm -hmm. the rain comes, the storms come. He doesn't control those things, so he can't worry. He can't fret. He has to wait. Um, So, Charlie, talk to us about the prophets and how they also needed patience in waiting. Well, we have a number, starting even from early back as Moses, Mm -hmm. uh, going forward into Malachi, that were given prophecy with regard to Messiah and to different things yeah. regarding to Israel, both northern and the southern kingdom, and even some uh, like uh, Obadiah that were prophesying to Gentile nations. Mm. Uh, some things they understood clearly that were very evident that to be immediate, mm-hmm. but then there was other things that uh, they wrote down. I'm thinking particularly of Daniel mm. when he, in Daniel 12, among other chapters. Uh, and then in Daniel 12, verse 8, And I heard, but I understood not. Then I said, oh, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And what was God's response? Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of mm. the end. So <laughs> yeah. here he is desiring, wanting to know. <laughs> yeah. you know. And to this day, now, we ha- obviously he's in heaven yeah. now with the Lord, mm-hmm. so he would have better understanding, but he wouldn't know in mm-hmm. his lifetime. Right. Uh, we have Moses as well preaching with regard to uh, the prophet that's going to be raised up of thy brethren mm. uh, and we 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 know looking back that it's Jesus, but right. he didn't have that understanding at least at that yeah. time that this was going to be Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's others that they look and they waited, and uh, even we're told in in, in Peter that uh, they were looking into these things regarding salvation that they inquired of as well as the angels. Um, but and we have the benefit, but they had a whole lifetime where they didn't see, but they look forward to. Yeah, necessarily. Yeah, they had to wait for the fulfillments, and and as well, prophets were preaching to the people to change, and many times they were rebellious and stiff-necked and stubborn of heart, mm. and they didn't want to change, so they had to wait as well. Oh, oh, one last thing with regard to Daniel, though. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, he did get to see the uh, the, the first part of the return to the mm. land. Oh, and yeah. He mm. recognized when we we see that he understood by the reading of the books. Uh, going back to the old prophecy of the scripture, that uh, fulfillment time right. in captivity was to be seventy years, mm-hmm. and then he would lay, he would kneel down to pray to the Lord. 
yeah. and then prepare himself for that return and fulfillment. So that was one of the few that he did get to see mm. when his lifetime. Yeah, sometimes God gives us those glimmers, right? Yeah. And, and, and praise the Lord. And so in this James passage, there are three clear illustrations of waiting. The farmer has to wait when circumstances are uncontrollable. The prophets had to wait when they were dealing with difficult people, when people were unchanging. And they had to wait for the unfolding of God's promises as well that they didn't fully see, as Charlie Weld spoke about. And now, thirdly, we see Job, how he needed, pro- uh, he needed patience when problems were unexplainable. This is one of my favorite verses in the New Testament, I think, when it says, We count them happy which endure. You've heard of the patience of Job. Isn't it amazing how the Bible has certain statements that become so common, if you will, cliches in Mm -hmm. culture. He has the patience of Job. Well, it's right here in James chapter 5, the patience of Job. And you have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So Job had to wait, and at the end of the story, we saw the Lord bless him far beyond what he even had at the beginning before his trials began. So Job Job faced all those catastrophes, but God was with him through it all. So dear friends, whatever you're going through, remember the end of the story of your life Mm. is not yet written. But in the the end of the story of Job's life and of Joseph's life Mm -hmm. and of other great Bible stories, they are written. And we could see the end of the Lord, Mm -hmm. that the Lord is very merciful. He's gracious. He has a long vision of of the situation mm-hmm. that we don't have. Sometimes we're like stuck in the middle of something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just love that the Bible is filled with these people who had such patience. And I just think Joseph, after, after he goes through all this, and you know, we're going to talk about it again. We've talked about it before. But at the end of his life, he says, "Take my bones to the promised land." So even in death, he he knew that there yeah. was going to be a time of waiting before. His people would take his bones to the promised land. So he was even um, living out patience in his own death. Yeah. And so, dear friends, while you're waiting, do not fret, do not faint, and do not forget that God is at work. His delays are not denials, and his silence does not mean absence. Get into the Word of God, even as Micah, you so beautifully shared in that situation. God specifically gave you Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get into the Word of God, and God will speak to you as a friend, face to face. And there's nothing like it. And if you want us to call, uh, if you would like to call right now, we will pray with you that God would be with you, help you, speak to you through this time of waiting in your life, and that God would give you a scripture as well. To, to encourage you through this time of delay, give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. And Pastor, I just want to say, you know, sometimes there are things that we as Christians do to help each other through that time of waiting. And I will just say that psalm that I got in that moment came out of a devotional that somebody had given me. So if you are ever in a situation where you feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to send somebody a text, send somebody a verse give them a devotional, recommend a book. I would just say, do it. Take the Holy Spirit up on what he's mm-hmm. prompting you to do and say mm-hmm. yes and go through that open door because you never know how encouraging you may be to somebody else. I'm reminded of Galatians 6 where we're told not only just to bear one another's burdens, but also that um, 
be not weary in well-doing, mm. for in yeah, due season, yeah. he says due season, season. you <laughs> shall reap. You that's shall reap. But true. if you think not. Yeah, that's right. So. That's and good. humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due, due time. time. <laughs> when you said due season, I remember that verse, <laughs> in, due, in due time. Okay, so we have talked about verse 1. In Genesis chapter 41. That's how far we've gotten tonight so far. Okay. Two years of waiting. We're talking about the mysterious delays of God. Now let's move a little bit further into the mysterious quietness. How God works quietly to work things out. So Micah, before we focus on how God is working quietly in Joseph's experience, overview for us Pharaoh's dream. Tell us a little bit about what that dream is. And what is its, is its significance? And there's a particular number that appears. Yeah. I'm not sure how many times in this <laughs> chapter, but I have a feeling you do. Okay. Yeah. So as we've seen, the story of Joseph, it's filled with dreams. So we discussed near the beginning of this study, we discussed Joseph's own two dreams back in chapter 37. Then we talked about the dreams of the butler and the baker from chapter 40. And here we see the two dreams of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So in the first dream, Pharaoh stands next to the Nile River and watches seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and feed in a meadow. Then Pharaoh watches seven skinny, sickly cows also come up out of the river and shockingly eat the healthy cows. Verse 21 tells us, that they are still skinny afterward, as if they hadn't eaten the other cows at all. And Pharaoh wakes up. When he falls back to sleep, the dream is repeated for emphasis, but this time the seven healthy ears of corn are devoured by seven withered ears of corn. All the other details are the same, and Pharaoh wakes up again. Verse 8 says that when Pharaoh awoke, his spirit was troubled. And this reminds me of the reaction that the butler and the baker had after their dreams. So Pharaoh, clearly shaken, calls in all the wise men and magicians of Egypt to see if they can interpret the dreams. Surprisingly, they're totally stumped. They know that the dreams mean something, but none of them dare to wake uh, to make something up. And that's when the door of opportunity opens for our friend Joseph. You know, the wise men of this world... Mm-hmm right now in our present day remind me of the wise men of Pharaoh's court and the wise men in Daniel's court. They didn't have the answers, but they sure pretend like they do. Mm -hmm. So, dear friends, that's why we have the Word of God. Praise the Lord for that. Okay, so let me just summarize the dream so far. The, The dreams were one. There were two dreams, but they were one. Right. There was seven years of famine. Mm -hmm. There was going to be seven years of plenty. Mm -hmm. And then the duplication of the dream. There's a duplication of the Mm -hmm. dream because Mm -hmm. there's two dreams, but they're one. Seven years famine, seven years plenty. The duplication means it's going to happen. It's sure. Okay, so that... Yeah, and it's funny whether we're discussing the book of Revelation or the first few chapters of Genesis or the story of Joseph, we just can't get away from the number seven. And I counted... The number of seven appears 29 times in this one chapter. There's the seven healthy cows, the seven sickly cows, and on and on. And the continuity of the Bible is just incredible. The number of completion, number seven, is going to be important to Joseph as he continues into his future as well. And by now, basically every time I hear the number seven, my ears perk up. So I couldn't help but notice the Queen Elizabeth, you know, she served 70 years and seven months. And this week was the 77th meeting of the UN General Assembly here in New York. And Pastor, I just can't get away from this number seven. (laughs) Yeah. How many times does seven appear in this chapter? 29 times. 29 times. It's also interesting that cows were considered gods 
in Egypt. Yeah. And so the, the idea of the mangy cows. And also Egypt was the breadbasket mm. of the ancient world. Yeah. And so the Lord was going to bring a famine even to the heart of power mm-hmm. and of food provision and production in the world. Yeah, and I, you know, I thought of as I, as we were reading through this as well that only three blocks down from our radio station here is that big bronze bull, which represents Wall yeah. Street, and it, it represents the prosperity <laughs> I think of the, bear the stock is here. market. And I, yeah, this, this week it's where's the bear? bear. Yeah. But it's so interesting that even all the way back in Genesis, the bull, the ox, the cow, it represented prosperity in that time and in our time today. Yeah, so God is at work quietly, dear friends, in Joseph's experience. Because, in fact, in giving Pharaoh these dreams, Joseph doesn't even see it. Joseph wasn't there. Joseph doesn't know, and I find this so interesting, Joseph doesn't know at all what's going on in Pharaoh's heart with these dreams. And yet God is about to use this in Joseph's life, right? Mm -hmm. So it just shows the mysterious quietness of God's work. And dear friends, there's a, God is giving Pharaoh dreams in the night. And sometimes God works quietly by giving songs in the night. So we're going to go to a next song. And we want our listeners, again, if you have a burden on your heart to share and call with us that we can pray with you, call us right now at 929-333- Three seven three nine, and we're going to go to a beautiful song, songs in the night, and may God work mysteriously with quietness and definiteness in your life. Call us right now three 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 seven three nine nine two nine three 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 seven three nine.
Pharaoh's dreams in the stillness of night, God is at work and he gives songs and he gives dreams, dear friends. So we need to trust him through all of these times. So, Charlie, how do these verses, we're talking about how God works with mysterious quietness. How do these verses illustrate how God works things out for his own glory? Well, we see in this two years time frame a uh, number of different situations. Politically, mm-hmm. um, we have Pharaoh in charge again. Uh, well, different Pharaoh, but then you have as well um, the coming of the dreams. You have a situation where the baker, um, or excuse me, the butler. Mm-hmm. The butler was the one that had forgotten yeah. uh, Pharaoh mm-hmm. now recalls yeah. that um, he was able to have his dream interpreted brings it to the attention of Pharaoh, mm-hmm. and it's a situation that's completely conducive toward um, Joseph coming out right. and being able to go ahead and minister uh, when, during this entire time, um, granted, he was falsely imprisoned, mm-hmm. um, but unbeknownst to him, he's sitting there thinking, well, what's going on? My yeah. life is probably a waste. Mm. What am I doing here? What's going to mm-hmm. go on? And the whole entire time... God is working on Pharaoh's heart. God is working on Butler's heart. God mm-hmm. is working on the people's heart. Yeah. And even outside, just a economic situation to where he's going to set up famine, and then there's going to be the plenty as well. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you got the dreams. Yeah. They bring forth, um, as far as Daniel, or not Daniel. I'm <laughs> sorry. You bring they bring forth Joseph. Yes. Yeah. And to the attention of Pharaoh, and when he calls out to God, God then at that time blesses in Mm. his due time. Isn't it really interesting, too, how God has his timing, how the butler didn't say anything to Pharaoh? And I don't know why, but I kind of have the idea he just didn't want to remind Pharaoh of whatever he had done in the past, because maybe Pharaoh would, like, try to lop off his head, too. Maybe he's like, let's just not bring anything up about that to Pharaoh, you know? Let's just try to move on, you know? But God worked it out that the butler had to say something now to Pharaoh. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and, and, and according to this one verse, it's almost like he's a little bit tentative. He's saying, I remember my faults this day. Oh, no, please, yeah. Pharaoh, I, you were angry with me. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, it was just, it was exactly at the right time. Like, God brought Joseph out of that prison at exactly the right time. And as, as he quietly had been working on Joseph's behalf in order to elevate him, um, it reminds me, and, and Charlie has said this earlier, how God did something very similar with Daniel when King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and none of his wise men yeah. could interpret it in Daniel chapter 2. And one lesson for us in these two stories is that both Joseph and Daniel immediately give credit to God for what he was doing. So mm-hmm. verse 16 says that Joseph's very first words to Pharaoh were, the interpretation is not in me, but God is the one who shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And I just thought that was so amazing and such a good example. So while you and I may not be able to interpret dreams, each one of us is able to do good for others and serve others through the power of God. But as we do that, we should make it a habit to point to God and glorify him through every service that we do. Yeah, and it reminds us as well that we need to be like Joseph and Daniel, men who listen to God, Mm. who know that God's wisdom is is the truth and man's wisdom is vain and empty Mm -hmm. because there are social architects trying to completely restructure our society 
it with an ideology that is totally anti-God. Yeah. And they're they're going right to our children, mm. and they're tr- they're grooming our children, they're sexualizing our children, they're they're trying to tell our children who are young boys they they need to come up with pronouns and all this stuff. This, this is so wicked. I can't even put it into words how the wickedness Mm -hmm. that is overcoming our culture and yet these are the elites these are the the people that are like daniel and joseph's or the pharaoh's wise men Mm -hmm. pastor i actually heard a story just recently that there is a school it's not too far from where we are right now where basically there's a 13 year old girl in her class and all the other girls in the class are saying you know this month they're all same-sex attracted. Next month, maybe they like boys oh. again. And it's just considered cool yeah. within the group. So these people, the wise men of our age, the wise men of our society, they are making it cool to say, oh, I'm different too. I'm part of the LGBTQ whatever. Um, and I just think that if you are a parent, if you are a grandparent, yeah. you have to make sure that your children are not listening listening to the wise men of this world, but instead listening to the wisdom that only comes from the Bible. That's right. Joseph knew that the answer was from the Lord, and God's Word has the answer. So this is such a beautiful story, though, as God is working on the other end where Joseph doesn't see. And that's what we have to remember as well, even when our culture seems to be moving in such a scary direction, Mm. dangerous way. God is at work where we don't see. So let's think about some other examples of God's quiet work. I'm sure there are many in Scripture, aren't there? Of just God working things out quietly. We like to see the signs and wonders. We want to see, and God can do miracles and great and mighty things which we know not. But a lot of His work is just quiet Mm. behind the scenes Mm -hmm. to extend His glory. So what are some examples of this? Charlie, do you have an example? Yes, uh, Ruth in particular. I'm thinking, so in the book of Ruth, we hear uh, the story of Elkanah and mm. Naomi, mm-hmm. who have two children, and then they leave um, Bethlehem to go into Moab mm-hmm. because of famine that's going on and uh, just basically lack of food. So yeah. their financial situation looks better over on the other side, but mm-hmm. it's not their promised land. In other words, they were, uh, as Israelites, uh, not only physical inheritance that they had as far as land, but they were in a sense, a committed relationship to the Lord mm. to go ahead and remain, cultivate their land, and mm-hmm. trust God to provide for them. Yeah. But they went about in their own understanding uh, to to go seek, I mean, which is understandable on, on a human level. On a human I, level, I, yeah. I'm mm. not, but the, the thing was, it goes against God's promises for them, against God's word, uh, for them to have done what they've done. Right. Uh, ten years pass, she loses her husband, loses the two sons. The two sons had already married, and then they had... Uh, wives, but they didn't have any children themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when she goes, finally decides to return back, uh, back to Israel. Um, Orpah goes her way. Ruth comes her way. Yeah, she comes. She's a widow. Right. Um, now, if we read the scripture, it happens by chance, supposedly. But, but yeah. in other words, we know that that was God's providence. Yeah, and intervening that she goes and she uh, she gleans from Boaz's. Field. Quietly, mm-hmm. quietly. She just, oh, I'm going to go to this field. She had no idea at that point. Yeah, no, she yeah. didn't. And yeah. then uh, we see that because of her character, because of her integrity. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, she's a Moabite. She's not Israeli by mm-hmm. birth. She's mm-hmm. not Israeli 
uh, bloodline. Yeah. Uh, and but she came to know the Lord, and she yes. came to trust in the God of Israel. Yeah. And Amen. she was one that sought to be faithful to God as far as what she knew, uh, what she had been taught. So, and that, that's a great illustration, Charlie, in that, as you said. Naomi and Elimelech was her husband. Elimelech, yes, Elimelech. I'm sorry. I, no, that's fine. Um, they got out of. You could say they got out of God's will, not caring and taking the the land and working that land that God gave them by inheritance, and just waiting through that famine and delay. They 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 scooted, they skedaddled uh, to Moab, mm-hmm. but God still worked it out. For his glory. So that's encouraging for us because sometimes we don't make the right decisions. Right. Sometimes mm-hmm. we veer away from God. We mm-hmm. might backslide. We get angry. And, and Naomi did get bitter. She got bitter at yeah, God. She, did. she said, don't call me pleasant anymore. Call me Mara. Call me bitter. Mm-hmm. And yet God still worked it out. So, dear friend, maybe you've gotten out of God's way. But you can get back in God's way, and he'll bless you. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, I think of the Apostle Paul. He comes to mind as an example of God doing his quiet work over time to glorify himself. Paul, who was originally Saul, was a Pharisee, and he was trained at the feet of the high-level teachers in Judaism. And it said that perhaps he had the entire Old Testament memorized. He was zealous toward God. You know, he was so zealous that he was persecuting Christians. He was even holding the coats as those people stoned Stephen, the very first martyr, to death. But then God flips Saul's life upside down on that road to Damascus and eventually uses Paul for his mighty work of planting Gentile churches all over the known world. And of the apostles, there was no one like Paul and nobody with his biblical education. And I just love how God used fishermen, tax collectors and Pharisees for his good work. Amen. Well, thank you, Micah, once again for sharing and adding such depth to our Heritage of Faith Conversations program. And Charlie... We appreciate so much you being here tonight. Thank you for sharing your heart. And dear friends, when we think of God's mysterious work through delay and through quietness, remember that quiet night in Bethlehem that was broken up when the angels started singing and the long wait for the coming of Messiah was over. And so we don't have to delay. We can come to Jesus If you've not yet done that, come to Jesus tonight and call on him. And if you're not saved, may he save you by his grace through the power of his death, resurrection, and shed blood. Good night. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org.